Blog Talk Radio. Hello there and welcome to the Michael Calderon Show. We're so glad you could join us this Thursday, March 28th, 2019. If you can believe it, it is March 28th already. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out where did 2018 go, and we're already a quarter done with 2019. I cannot believe it. Totally cannot believe it. And uh, with me today, my co-host, Adriana. Adriana, how are you doing today? Hey, Michael. I'm great. How are you? Just getting adjusted back to L.A.? Yes, yes. How um, How's the weather out there? Oh, my God. It's impeccable. Finally stopped raining. So it's not Miami number two anymore. It's back to being L.A. Okay. Now, were you out of town? Well, I was actually in Miami last week. You were in Miami? I don't even want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I cannot believe you were here. It was in and out. It was quick. I mean, it was like just one week, and I barely had time to breathe while I was there. Okay. Well, that means you have to spend more than a week here when you come. I know. Yes, exactly. The plan is to be there half the time. Okay. I like that plan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that plan. Exactly. We we got to <laughs> have you we got to have you live for some of the shows, for sure. I know. I know. I definitely have to be live for sure. Yes. And uh, you know, I'm really uh, I'm excited about today's show. Um we have James Allen Hanrahan. Uh, who is a a highly sought-after dating and relationship coach for smart, strong, and successful women, and he's based in Los Angeles. Uh, He is is one of your tango's America's largest online source for relationship advice, leading contributors with over one million readers. Uh, He is the author of two books, A Life of Love and Dating Advice for Alpha Women. He's the creator of the widely acclaimed Circle of Friends Dating and Relationships Workshop Groups held online and in Santa Monica, California. So um, I did a lot of uh, a lot of research on today's guest, and uh, and and that's why I'm I'm really excited. And I know that uh, a lot of a lot of our listeners who are who are single women are also tuning in. But we also have some who are married and in relationships because I said, you know, it even even when you're married, you have to treat your marriage a, in a way that you don't forget to have dates and to have a dating relationship with your spouse. So, you know, mm-hmm. you always have to keep it in the basics and you always have to keep that spark alive you know, date nights, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's important whether whether someone is, is married, in a relationship, single and looking, et cetera, uh, I think it's important. It's important information that, that he's going to share. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And you, you want to tell us, um, because you, you brought him, uh, to the show, you brought him yeah. to us, and I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So you want to tell us 
uh, how you came to speeches um, because we're both part of a group, Toastmasters here in LA, in uh, Santa Monica. And he just, he just like blows me away every time he speaks. He's just spot on because he, as a man, really understands. And, and I think this is very difficult for a lot of men to get. And, and it's difficult, I feel like, a lot of men to express what it is that they want a woman to do or say or be. And he kind of articulates it in a way where on this side, on the women's side, we understand better, uh, you know, what what goes on in that thing of yours, both up and down the brain. And so I think that it's very important for us to tune in to what he has to say cause, because it, it does allow us to have some sort of balance between what men receive when we think say or do something and also you know how they interpret it so yeah and so i met him here to the toastmasters in la wonderful wonderful well let's let's go ahead and uh and bring him on uh james how are you today? i'm great michael and <clears throat> adriana so glad to be here yes well thanks thank for you. coming on yeah, yeah thank no, you I so much it. i love reaching out all the way to florida and that's well and, and it's not just the Florida, but you know, we have listeners uh over in Europe, in the Middle East, Asia and uh, Caribbean islands as well. So you're reaching you're reaching pretty far. Nice. So that's very a good thing. Nice. I love what you said. I love what you said, uh, you know, when you talk about, you know, people coming on to the show listening who are married and I love that you mentioned that because I meet a lot of people and they tell me, Oh, I'm married. And they act like that's the end of the road. Right. And for me, marriage is a constant renegotiation. <laughs> yes, I like the way you put making that. Making new agreements to keep the marriage going because the marriage that you started with is not the marriage you're going to end with. Um, so I'm happy to anyone who is married, you are welcome, and I'm glad you're here, and, of course, singles as well. But I just want to put that out there, that we're all in a process of learning about each other and, I think it's important that married people continue to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when I have couples that, uh, that come to me post uh wedding, uh, that, that are having issues in the marriage, um, I'd, I'd say that the, the first and foremost problem, uh, has been complacency. Mm. And yeah. and forgetting, you know, all the things you do when you're dating and courting someone, you know, um, you you jump over hoops, you know. Uh, the other person says, you know, oh, I'm so thirsty, and you like, you know, run up three flights of stairs <laughs> to get him a bottle of water, you know. And and then you're married for a few years, and they say, oh, you know. Um, oh, I'm so thirsty. Oh, you know, uh, I saw some water bottles upstairs. Yeah. There, there's a vendor selling yeah. water, you know, down, you know, if you walk about a mile down there. Uh, so, so, you know, things change. Things change. And I, and I have to tell you, I mean, I, uh, it, last October, my wife and I celebrated 20 years of marriage. Wow. And, uh, and we have a two-story home. And, uh, and every night, every night. I fill my water bottle and her water bottle. Oh, and bring it that is so sweet. You know, uh, it's the little things. 
it's the little yes. things. It's That's true, so. the little things. But also, everybody has a different quote unquote love language. So yes. it always also can depend on what they interpret love as for whatever the little things are. You know, maybe the little thing for somebody is getting water, but for someone else, it's uh, being close to them when they're falling asleep and just holding their hands. You know, it's Mm -hmm. all very uh, relative to each person. But I think it's important to know the person enough that you can express the way that they receive love. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And, and, you know, I saw um, someone had posted a meme on social media. I want to say it was yesterday. And it said something like, because I'm not going to remember exactly word for word, but it said something like, um, if if you find someone that that can handle you when you're hungry, you found your soulmate. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I just see that somewhere too. That is so funny. It's true, yeah. Because I think just as important as it is to be at your best and fall in love with someone when they're at their greatest. It's also a a big part of it to be understanding and loving when they're, you know, at their worst as well, because that's when they probably need it the most. Right. Mm. So, James, I'm going to turn it over uh, to you. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, one of the, I kind of piggyback on what you said about complacency, because I think that's a really important aspect of relationship. And what I want to say about that is, you know, when I'm working with clients and talking to people, it's really important. One of the first things I ask a woman when she's dating a guy is, do you have momentum? Mm-hmm. And I ask them because mm-hmm. to feel it, if they have, like if they're building something. And I think that's such an important uh, aspect of relationship is to feel that there's a purpose, that you're building something in this relationship. And if you're dating someone, I should feel that there'd be some kind of momentum, that you feel like, oh, we're getting to know each other better, we're starting to see each other more. So the feeling is that you're growing together. So I think this aspect of complacency is a very important thing that you brought up. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And um you know there there was in in one of your writings in, in I I don't remember now if it was written or in a video of yours. I I did a I did a lot of uh research on you and your work. Um oh, thank you. There there was some um some discussion about um it had to do with like for 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 single women like how do you know kind of like what the male's intentions are in terms of friendship versus dating relationship does that mm, does that right. sound familiar oh yeah i write i've written hundreds <laughs> so i've written every every which way on this on the subject but absolutely yeah so let let's talk about yeah, when, that for a second so, because so you're talking to me, you're asking me about the difference between like the knowing the intention of a man, whether it's friendship or more of a romantic relationship. Is that Correct. kind of what you're saying? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's, that's a popular one that, that I know people have, you know, cause, cause I, I've counseled single folks as well as couples, but particularly uh-huh. with the single folks, when it comes to misinterpreting a message from somebody. Right, and uh, lately people have been asking me to write about uh, 
like when a, when a guy texts a woman, whether that's, you know, is he texting because he just want to be friends or is it going to be something more than that? And right. for that example, for, for example, is if a guy is just texting you and he's just chit-chatting, then he's just a friend, okay? But if he's texting you to make a plan to see you, now we have something to talk about. And so what mm-hmm. I look for is, you know, the old adage, I look for a man with a plan. If yeah. I doesn't have a plan for you, he's wasting your time. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's so, 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 so in other words, his intentions are going to be pretty clear. If a guy likes you, it's, and Adriana, you, you harp on this. If a guy likes you, it's pretty easy to tell because he's making a plan to see you. He wants to get in front of your eyes. He's not just yeah. want to talk to you and chit chat with you on the text. Is that yeah. how you, your experience, Adriana? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's, it is pretty clear when somebody is approaching you in a manner where they actually want to see you and spend time with you, and they make an effort, you know. I mean, it doesn't have to be an effort where they go and buy you flowers and chocolates and so on and so forth. It doesn't always have to be that obvious, but it's definitely obvious when you know, someone's contacting you with, with the intentions of seeing you and, and, and getting to know you better. And, and I, I just think text, texting, you can only go so far in, in closeness as far as texting and getting to know each other. I mean, it's, there's so many limits that there is to texting, even with communication. Um, you mm. know, it, yeah. it, it, it stops you from getting past a certain point in texting. So, yeah, it's just in the texting era of, you know, some, some sort of relationship that you have with someone, then it's clearly not anything that has a pathway to, that's going to lead you to something greater than that. Because, again, it's, it's so limiting through text messages to just chit-chat on there. Absolutely. Uh, and that brings up a really good point because you can only find out if you have chemistry with someone when they're in front of you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, so you can text all day long, but one, it's, it's a totally, and this is, and tell me if you agree, Jenna, it's a totally different conversation between a man and a woman when you're in front of each other. Yeah. I mean, when you're texting, I mean, I've been set up, you know, kind of like on a blind date thing, and uh-huh. it's just like I – seriously feel like I'm talking to, I don't know, a ghost. Just because I can't even, I can't put like, it's just difficult to even put some some sort of like gesture to a message, you know? Like you don't know what the person, how the person is saying it, how they are, what their mannerisms are like, you know? So it's it's so difficult even through text message to get any sort of feeling from it. It's so bland. So, yeah, it definitely is not a way to get to know anybody. And if anyone wants to get to know you, period, they, they make that effort, extra effort outside of the text messaging. Absolutely. So I, I think we can all agree that, that, that text message should not be the way in which somebody is is going to communicate with you to try to get to know you. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I think some people may hide behind text messaging 
because it makes it easier for them if they're maybe shy or timid. But eventually, after a certain point, you, you can't chalk it up to someone being shy or, or timid when they're only text messaging. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, and you brought up another really good point, Adriana. What a key word for me when the beginning of a relationship is this, this concept of courtship. And courtship mm-hmm. for me is one person chasing the other and one person <laughs> making an effort. Just like you said, Michael, when you, it takes effort, not too much, but it takes effort for you to get both bottles of water. <laughs> okay. Right. And bring yeah. There. You know what I'm saying? So there has to be this aspect, and especially for men. My teacher always told me this. She said, men fall in love when they give. And I yes. think that's a really big thing to watch for. If a man wants to give to you, that means he's interested. And that yeah. men show love by what they do. That's, that's a the one really, thing I really good ask point. You women to look for. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That people is, think it's old-fashioned. They think, oh, it's old-fashioned courtship. You know, I'm not in the fashion business. I'm in the relationship business. And courtship yeah. is an important aspect of relationship, in my opinion. Right, yeah, right. Absolutely. I, I agree, I agree. Yeah. Because I, I think when, when a guy is really into a woman, he he goes out of his way to give and to do things for her. You know, um, you know things like, you know, well, you know, your 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 tank is on E. Let me let me take yeah. the car to the gas station for you and fill it up. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, let me take your car for an oil change, or let me change it yeah. for you. You know, it, it's right. it's the doing part, and and I don't know that women always perceive that. As he's into me versus he's just being a nice guy. Mm. What do you think? Adriana? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, think, I mean, I think it would be hard to not think like he's into you. Maybe like certain things where it's like common where you know, you would probably expect most people to do it, like, you know, like open a door or whatnot, things like that. But, but yeah, I think, I think for me anyways, and maybe I'm too positive about this, but I I always kind (laughs) of think, okay, he is, you know, into it and, and he's, and he's, you know, wanting to see how much, of niceness he puts forward so that he can go move forward with something else, like relationship wise. So uh, for me anyways, I do think like the niceness, I take it as someone that's interested. Um, But I think a lot of guys are very nice just to kind of see, I mean, I, I could be wrong about this, but they go out there to be nice to just kind of see if they could, you know, get like as a bait, to see who they can get or, you know, how far they can take it with someone. And it's not really genuine. You know, for me, I think um, an action has to have some sort of meaning behind it. And I don't, I don't really like when somebody does something just 
because, you know, they're they're kind of trying to live up to what they're about. I, I'd rather it be because they want to make me feel like, you know, I'm cared for or special or so on and so forth. So that mm-hmm. there's there's kind of a difference between just being nice and doing things and, and having an actual meaning and thought behind it. Mm, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's why I mentioned this this word courtship, because for me, courtship is a test of time. Meaning over a period of time, that's how you get to know somebody. And you find out, so you bring up a really good point, because a lot of people can do things once. Like a guy can be very charming once. He can drive two hours to see you once. But what you right. really find out about the character of a guy is over time, can he consistently be that kind of person. And I think that's kind of what you were addressing, Adriana. Yes, exactly. I think I think it's important to see somebody after they're past the honeymoon stage because it's easy to fall in love with someone that is going to be super nice to you. I mean, I can, you know, and on many occasions I can be, think, oh, this would be a great person long-term wise to date. And then, you know, once you kind of get to know them and they shift so much, then you realize it wasn't an authentic self that they were presenting. It was just mm. kind of, and we all do this. We all in the beginning put on, you know, kind of like a mask where we're the best versions of ourselves and we don't want to let our flaws be shown. And, you know, we want to make sure they see this super clean version of ourselves. But the truth of the matter is, is that when all that subsides and we start showing the flaws a little more, it can't be so offset from what you presented to begin with, you know? So I think right. people should be authentic with themselves. If somebody doesn't want to go above and beyond, you know, with someone and that's not really who they are, then they should sort of present that version of themselves in the beginning and then kind of mirror that throughout the relationship. But I think what happens a lot in, and in marriages too, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, Reverend Michael, is, you know, they do so much and, and, and become this person. And then we get attached to the version that they present. And then we later come to find that they're a completely different version and they're not willing to open the doors and they're not willing to cook you dinner anymore and they're not willing to take you out anymore. So I think I think it's so essential to be true to who you are and who you're willing to be later in the future because it's happened to me where I'm, I'm with someone and, you know, actually it happened when I was married and I was just kind of like, I don't know who the person I was with before, where he is or where he's at, but, you know, I don't know. It just changed. It changed drastically. And for me, it was too much of a difference from who I thought this person was. Um, mm. So that, that that was my experience. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And you bring up a really good point because I always tell this to the people is that it's kind of what you were saying. Like, you don't know someone until they're mad at you. Yeah. Then yeah. you find out who you're dealing with. <laughs> right, and, right. And I think that's a really important thing is, to me, actually, a relationship, and you know how you mentioned the honeymoon phase, like, a relationship doesn't start until you have a fight. Yeah, that's true. So for me, yeah. fighting is not the end of a relationship. It's actually, if you're fighting, it's the beginning of a relationship to a certain extent. Yeah, 
that's I that's like so that. True yeah. Because, yeah, because that's the first time you see that version of themselves. So essentially, it's the first time you're seeing them, you know, for real. You know, the the real Absolutely. the real side of them, not not this painted uppity super nice side of it. And then and yeah, I I've always you know, said to anyone uh, that's close to me that, like, you don't really know a person until you do get into into it with them and see that side of them. I say that as well because just as important as it is to fall in love with the side that is, you know, perfect and perfectly painted, you have to be okay with, you know, the side that's not so great and, and the flaws and, and the fights. Right. Absolutely. Right. And and it's okay, you know, to disagree. I, I always tell couples, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. the first time a couple has a fight, they freak out. They totally mm. freak yeah. out. I mean, yeah. I, I, I had a couple that I had married and like, I don't know, maybe two months after they had an argument and they were, they were kind of freaked out about it, you know, and they came mm. in to see me and I said, look, you know, if if you think the same all the time and your responses are always the same and you always agree on things, then really one of you is unnecessary. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, they looked at me and I said, I said, you know, the whole joy of being in a relationship with a person is that, you know, your weaknesses are their strengths and their strengths are your weaknesses, you know, and, and vice yeah, versa. Exactly. You know, I think I just said the same thing twice, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, and, and I try to get couples to see that, that, you know what, a disagreement, it doesn't mean the marriage is over. It doesn't mean the relationship right. is over. And, uh, really and I point. guess, I guess James, a lot of the work you do, it's with coaching women um, to kind of, would you say, find that person or, or maybe to yeah. help them get out of themselves so that they can, they can kind of be the right partner, right? It's not about finding the right partner. It's about being the right partner. Yeah. Well, I wanted to bring up, because you brought up a really interesting thing, and I was just talking to a client uh, yesterday about this, is there's a researcher, his name is John Gottman, and he's very famous for being able to predict who will be able to stay married for the long term with like 86% accuracy. It's amazing. Uh, But one of the things that he says is between couples, healthy couples, there are nine irreconcilable differences, meaning there are nine Mm. things that you're not going to agree on. And right. people who understand that are going to be okay. <laughs> but if you think that you – and I was just talking to a client the other day, and she was like, you know, my boyfriend, he doesn't agree with my politics and certain aspects of, of you know, how she wanted to do things. And I tried to explain to her that, again, there's nine things you're not going to agree on. But what I want to know is if you go and you put in who your emergency contact is, Whose number do you put down? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that right. is character. Character is the most important aspect. I don't like my wife. She's totally different than me. But what I look for is the character of the person. Whose number are you going to put down when you need an emergency contact? And who's going to answer that right. phone and come get you? 
Right. Well, I'm not worried about the differences. I'm worried about at the end of the day, who can you call? Yeah. And you, yeah. and you and your wife have been married for how long? Seven years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And my yeah, Adriana, you were going to say something? Well, I remember you did a speech, James, on on the three, was it the three C's um, of relationships, if I'm not mistaken? I thought that was a really great uh, speech that you made. Yeah, absolutely. The three C's of relationship. Uh, That's what I, I really talk to when I'm speaking to people just basically getting started looking for a relationship. And the three, are, three C's are chemistry, compatibility, and communication. And that's why when we were talking earlier in the call that I, I really want people to get in front of each other to find out if they have chemistry or not. Because mm. I can't tell you, I've had clients that, that – there was one client, she was talking to a guy, you know, for weeks or months, they get online and they message back and forth. And I'm saying, please find out if you have chemistry because otherwise you're just wasting your time. Yeah. Because you can like people on paper, people on paper look amazing. Oh, you do this, yeah. you do anything, and you see them and there's no chemistry. Yeah. Right. What are you going to, chemistry is not negotiable. Mm-hmm. That's so true. it's really important that you understand that you understand <laughs> that that you're not gonna no matter how much you would like to like somebody, the body has a different idea. <laughs> right. Yeah. And right. you have to honor that aspect because actually the chemistry is really comes from the body. The body is very intelligent and it looks for the right kind of chemistry for you, so that you can, for, to be frank, to procreate. The body's going, oh, this would be a good person because they match you uh, and genetically, so that you could create a healthy baby that would go on and prosper because we are genetically winners, if you will. If you look at the gene pool, mm-hmm. all of us here on yeah. the planet right now, we are the winners of the gene pool. <laughs> right. right. Wow. That's true. And so the chemistry, but the, the other aspect of that was I was talking about is um, compatibility. And this is what I always tell people. And thanks for bringing that up, Adriana is, compatibility always trumps chemistry. So as much as you need chemistry, your lives have to fit together. So if you have chemistry with someone, but they live in Peru, unless you're planning to move to Peru, well, you have what we call a compatibility problem. Yeah. So I try to keep people in mind that you got to make sure that someone is compatible with you as well. And the last C is communication. And communication to me is really what I teach people and what I spend most of my time all day when I'm working with clients is how communication is this. How, how do you negotiate? How can you create what yeah. I call a win-win solution with people? And most of the tools, like in my book, A Life of Love, most of the tools are just communication tools. So you can ask for what you don't want and say no to what you don't want in a loving, respectful way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, I think um, for some reason, my friends, uh, some, a few of them, have recommended this book that says, like, I think it's called Why Men Love Bitches or something. I haven't read it. But it, it I guess, suggests that, you know, the women should just be very straightforward and super non sugar coated. And I guess kind of bitchy. <laughs> I don't know. Because I haven't read it. But my friend, she she tells me she's like, you just have to be like almost telling you to be rude. And I'm like, well, that's not. I feel like that's such a terrible way of like communicating who you actually are. 
Um, but she's like, you just have to be blunt and tell them how it is and, you know, don't be nice about it. And I just, I feel like right now it's just, I, I don't know if it's this generation or whatnot. It's such a skewed way of thinking, you know, it's like when you're with someone, you can't just think about yourself. You know, and and I feel like in this day and age, we have this kind of mentality where we're a little selfish, I guess you can say, and and we don't treat each other like in in more with with love in mind. We treat each other more like with ourselves in mind, you know. And I think that's where a lot of the communication issues happen is because we're always like trying to be defensive. And instead of, like, thinking of the other person before ourselves, I mean, correct mm. me if I'm wrong, I don't know what, what you speak to with your clients, but at least in my conversations with some, some of my friends, you know, that's kind of like the ideal that they have with communication. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it I comes mean, down to, you know, what what's the expectation? Go, go ahead, James. Oh, I was just going to say, you bring up a really good point because, no offense to all of us, and I'm part of one of all of us, is that <laughs> we are basically narcissistic, okay? We're narcissistic in that we yeah. want everything our way. And for yeah. me, and I always try to tell this to clients, is relationships are a team game. And I think you'll agree with me on this, Michael. It's a team yep. game. And you know what happens when you're on a team? You're going to get some of what you want, and you're going to get some of what you don't want. And right. to be on a team, yeah. you have to be okay with that. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. When people try to tell me, oh, I want this, that, and the other thing, I'm like, I'm, I'm happy for you. I really appreciate you know what you want. But you know what? You're going to have to negotiate because the other person is going to have a different view. And if you're not willing to negotiate, well, then you just have to be in a codependent relationship where you're the 10 and the other person's a zero. Uh, healthy relationships right. are more like five-five. We come together. I'm a five, you're a five. And let's come together and let's negotiate. And that's what I call a team game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I was actually going to go back to one of the things you said with the chemistry. I think that's so interesting because, you know, in my situation, there's been a couple of times where I, you know, met someone and I was getting to know someone. And on paper, they were like, perfect, like check, 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 check. But in reality, I couldn't like, and, and this is like, you know, women would, like, love to be with somebody like this kind of deal. And for some reason, I cannot bring myself to like the person or have chemistry with that person. So when you were talking about that, it's funny because I was wondering, I'm like, you know, like, is there, like, some switch that I can trick my brain or the chemistry or something? Because, you know, I don't, that part is difficult for me to understand because at least for me, it's, it's, few and far between that I feel chemistry with, you know, people at all. So, and, and, you know, like you said, there's that checklist where people on paper are so good, but in, in, in real life, it's just not there. But I don't know, James, what do you think? I think it's like, it's hard because I tell myself and I remember being in situations where I'm like, this person is a great guy, you know, so nice, successful, this, that, the other, and I just don't have it. Why does that happen, James? Well, it's it's an interesting and actually a very deep subject and question. Uh, right. And 
It really is deep because what happens is what, what we're taught in childhood when we're raised in our, our family of origin, uh, that becomes the blueprint, or we call it the life script, for what we think love is. So depending on, you know, I was, grew up an alcoholic home. There was a lot of turmoil in my home. And so for me, this kind of inconsistency, this anxiousness, I used to think that was love. And I would be go, and I would, you know, I met my wife. Okay, I met my wife 10 other times with different people, but I was never attracted to them. I was always attracted mm-hmm. to people that caused me pain. Okay. Mm. And so that's one thing. So if you ask me what that is, it's a combination of what I had to do personally is I had to develop a taste for people who treated me well. Mm-hmm. And by well, I mean people who, and this is why I married my wife. She kept every agreement we ever made. Mm. And she does to this day. To me, a relationship is two things, a conversation that doesn't end I mean, you continually want to talk to the yeah. person, and the conversation just flows. And this thing yeah. this is the most important thing I share with my clients. Can the person you're with and yourself as well make and keep agreements? And when you start to get a, fate, a taste for that and an attraction to that, your life totally changes. And the people that, you're, that you used to be attracted to, when they don't keep agreements, you go, oh, I call them kryptonite. Okay, there's certain people they're gonna be, you'll be attracted to. It's like bad chemistry. You're attracted to them like crazy, but they're gonna ruin your life. <laughs> yeah. To a certain extent, you have to just kind of develop a taste, and this is what I do with my wife. Is I developed a taste for people who could actually love, and it's different. Yeah. It's different. I, don't get me wrong, it's not as exciting. I will tell you that yeah. it's not as exciting, but it does feel like home. Yeah, there's definitely been scenarios for me where there's so much chemistry off the bat. But then when all that subsides and I look back and I think, oh, wow, you know, this person really was not a good life partner to have considered, you know, for the future. But in the moment Mm. of that chemistry, it feels, you know, so right. And it just feels like, you know, you do want, this person in your future but I don't think you know the right chemicals are in place when you're thinking that way so yeah I think it's very important to think logically rather than like in the moment of that mix of chemistry and emotions well let let me ask you both a question Um, how do you define chemistry oh that's a good one you go first. I don't have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's, it's an interesting thing, and kind of, and I thank you for bringing me back to that because, for me, the definition of chemistry how how you find out you have chemistry from just the basic science is that when you get within thirty inches of someone, you pick up the pheromones of the other person, and the pheromones oh, contain wow. the DNA of the other person. And wow. getting back to my point is the DNA tells you. One of two things, and let's just say for a woman's perspective. When you pick up the DNA of a guy, it's telling you this DNA of this guy is a little like your dad and a little not like your dad. And the reason for that is you want someone a little like your dad because, like I said, he was successful in the gene pool, and you're familiar with that, so that works. But we also know that we need diversity in the gene pool, so it has to be a little not like your dad, okay? Mm. And that's what's successful in the gene pool. So what chemistry is telling you is, like I said, that that's someone you could be with. 
But like I told you, what we were just talking about, there's also what I would consider bad chemistry. Because, Adriana, let me ask you, have you ever been with a guy and you had, like you're saying, mad chemistry with the guy and he broke your heart? Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that definitely happened. Yeah, and me too, like with women. Like I just <laughs> mad chemistry with somebody, right? So chemistry is not, this is what, and the reason I bring that point, not to point you out, because I have done that too, is that chemistry is not foolproof. Let's not get carried right. away and go, oh, chemistry is everything. It's not foolproof at all. And that's pretty right. because actually you don't need, you know, from a, from a biological perspective, we just need to procreate. But frankly, that doesn't take that long. Okay. Right, so right. This aspect, and that's why I brought up this aspect of courtship, because courtship is the difference between us and, frankly, animals. Like, that we can actually create a relationship and build something long term that animals don't need to do or don't have the capacity to do. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm saying that we don't just go by chemistry, we go by this other aspect of courtship that we see someone over the long term and we develop, like I said, you develop a taste for people who treat you well. And Michael, you've been married 20 years. So I, I think you, you could pretty much speak to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but I, I, I think also, because I, I have also had people that I've counseled who, you know, thought they had chemistry and it's kind of to, to Adriana's point from earlier, where it's like you mm-hmm. see one one version of the person and then, you know, you're together and then you see another version. So yeah. I, I, that's why I, I'm, I'm still going to take it back to my question of how do we define chemistry? And I'm not talking about necessarily from a biological perspective, but I'm talking about <laughs> from a psychological perspective. Because I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, I think the biological perspective, I think there's less room for error as mm. opposed to the psychological perspective where I believe there is error because we're tainted by our experiences, by our history, by our yeah. genes, by our DNA. We're tainted. Mm. Yeah, that. I mean, look. I mean, does that make I, sense? I mean, I think there's more room for error on the biological side because if you don't use your brain and just use what you're feeling, it could veer you in a direction where you'll end up getting hurt. Uh, unless, you know, we're we're talking different perspectives of biological. But what I learned from my experience and, you know, this goes back to your question, James, when you asked me, you know, had I been heartbroken, uh, you know, after I had so much chemistry with somebody and my lesson that I learned from that was you can't just go off of that feeling, initial feeling. You have to really assess the person through all four seasons of being with someone and it is something that does happen, you know, with time. That's the only way you can really decipher if you have chemistry with somebody because there's the ink chemistry and then there's more long-term chemistry. And I think what's important to realize is that you have to have the long-term because the instant chemistry is easy to find for most people, but 
impossible to maintain, you know, because that 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 very instant and almost like like this uh, drug that you're using type feeling of being with somebody, it's fun, you know, and it's it's passion and and you know it's in your face and it's it's something you can't ignore. But on the same token, mm. it's not the right chemistry that is gonna give you a long-lasting, loving relationship. You can have that kind of chemistry, and then it turns into long-lasting, but it doesn't always happen where it's that kind of chemistry, and, you know, later on, once you figure out who the person really is, is that still really there? Mm. I think that, yeah, that's to true. me, is is the two differences, because because in the beginning, when you're just attracted to somebody, and you don't know who they are, and you don't know their flaws, it's easy to to paint your own picture of what you think they might be, you know. So essentially, you're kind of falling for someone that you don't know is real, because because you just are hoping that they're going to become this person that you you think you're getting to know. But then I think once you really get to know that person, and then then that's when you can really see if the chemistry is there with the person that's underneath all that you know beginning mush. Mm. No, absolutely. And I I like that you wanted to go deeper into that aspect of chemistry, Michael, because I was thinking about it. And one thing I don't get to talk about all the time, but for example, when I first met my wife, we accidentally, our first date lasted eight hours. And wow. the reason I bring that up is that to me, like I said, a relationship is a conversation that doesn't end. I mean, if we can talk for eight hours, odds are good that we have a good rapport, a good chemistry, because and if you've ever been with relationships, and I'm sure you and your wife are the same way, like you can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And that's really an important aspect of chemistry to me that I think is important. And the other one that I really think is important that people I rarely talk about that I think is one of the most important things is laughter, actually, that you have the same mm-hmm. kind of sense of humor, yeah. that you guys can laugh together. Because to me, life mm-hmm. is too long to be too serious. And if you yeah. have someone that you have the chemistry where you can laugh with them, that's a great person to be with, in my opinion, long term. Yes, I yeah. agree. I agree. And, and you know, I, I tell my couples that all the time. Like, you know, you've got to be able to not only laugh at yourself, but laugh together with your partner at some of the silly mm. things that you may do, you know, um, because that, that's going to that's going to serve you well in your relationship. It is. And, and it's going to, it's going to help you to deal with, with the quirks that come up, you know, and, and the challenges that come up, you know, you, mm-hmm. and, and going back to something you, you were talking about earlier, James, you were mentioning about, you know, team and, uh. you know, um, I tell my couples that, you know, you're, you're a team together. And as a team, you know, in a team, you can't have a winner and a loser. You can only have, right. you know, one or the other. You can't have them both. So as a team, are you going to win together or are you going to lose together? Because one of you mm, is not right. going to win and the other lose because then that's not a team. Right. So it's, it's, it's really about trying to enforce them having – a united front at all times. Nice. You know, yeah. even even when kids come along, you've got to yeah. have a united front. If you don't have a united front and you don't support one another, 
then you're doomed to failure. Because if your partner doesn't feel supported by you, then that's a problem. That's a huge problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, communication can improve. Chemistry cannot, right? You either have the chemistry or you don't. I don't know that you can improve chemistry. You know, if, if if you're having issues in the bedroom, that can improve also. But if if uh, if there's no chemistry and there's no attraction, you know, I don't know that that can really improve. Mm. You know, yeah, I think true. not. Yeah. I think not. You know, I, I was just reading, and I've read this a couple of times, actually, where they say that when you meet somebody and you have too, you can almost have too much passion, too much chemistry. You know, I think what maybe they were referring to where it was people that on the first day say, I'm going to marry this person. What, I mean, what is your guys' take on that? Because I kind of, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I think maybe there is a, a statistic that does say that couples that start off that way are not likely to, uh, to have too much of a long-term success. Um, but, but I mean, how do you, how do you stop? from feeling that, you know, when you're with someone in the beginning that they feel like they're the one. It's never happened to me personally where I'm off the bat, like, oh, this is the one. But I do know that it happens a lot with couples. And is that something that needs to be controlled or is that just an undeniable chemistry that, you know, if if it strikes you, then you're lucky enough to have been, you know, somebody to find someone where you know that right away. How, How do you guys think about that? Well, that's a good question. I mean, you know, chemistry, like Michael was saying, chemistry is a gift. So if you get that gift, congratulations. <laughs> so it's yeah. not like we're trying to, like, avoid chemistry or chemistry is bad. No, it's a gift, absolutely. But the one thing I do want to address is a lot of times, and, you know, I work primarily with women, so you'll forgive me if I come from that perspective, is that if a guy comes on, like, at level, what I call level 10, Okay, mm-hmm. guy comes on to you level ten, so much chemistry, he's so attractive, you can't be enough, and he's always with you level ten. Okay, well mm-hmm. people can't sustain that level. Yeah, and those are the people that last, like you said, the honeymoon phase. They last about three months, and they're just interested in that dopamine high of chemistry. But that high only lasts about three months. So what yeah. I say to people is, if you meet a guy and he's coming on level ten probably not going to last. So I'd rather have some two people, like I said, that start at level five. Level five people, they have chemistry with you and they like you, but they want to get to know you and they want to build the chemistry up. By how? By getting to know you rather than just having this projection that you're amazing. Not that you're not, but let's be realistic. Five, five is a better deal for me when I'm working with a client. I don't mind if you have a lot of physical chemistry. That's great. But I want to see if you can build something with it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, now, you know, in my ca- thought- my case, my case is the anomaly because my wife and I were dating two and a half weeks when she proposed to me. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so that so I I am the anomaly, and I know that. I know that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, and it's been over twenty years, and two beautiful daughters later so yeah you see i mean 
for me, I've been in a position where I have been seeing someone for a short amount of time, and they are at 100, where it's like, you know, to meet the parents, talking about soulmates, talking about, like, a future kid. And sometimes, you know, even though on my side the chemistry is there too, but I have to question it because I think, my gosh, is this person too much? Is it? Is it not, you know, is it not someone that's thinking things through? Um, you know, are they impulsive? Um, is, are they that quick to be with other people? You know, so it, for me, I try and, you know, proceed with caution when I do see that. And also because I've read about that not being a good thing. So, so that's why I think if you're lucky enough to have that in the beginning, like you do, did or do, Michael, then it's something that I think you should definitely cherish. But it's hard to know in the beginning if it's, like you said, James, if it's going to be sustainable, if it's just someone that is, uh, you know, putting their best foot forth to, to, to kind of capture you. And then later on, it's not going to be as 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 much on that level. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. It, it's funny because the one thing I will say with this about chemistry is I will say this. You can have as much chemistry as you can handle as long as you can still be yourself. Yeah. Right. But I don't know about you because there's, there's people I've had chemistry with that I could not be myself with. And I had crazy chemistry, but I had, I, I felt so awkward. I was like, I couldn't be myself. So to me, mm-hmm. the, the real barometer of chemistry is, can you still be attracted to someone and just be your authentic self? Like be yourself. And that's kind of what I was right. talking about, Adriana. And Adriana, and for those of you who are just listening, Adriana is a very beautiful woman. So it's oh, easy for guys to just get caught up in the physical attraction to her. But what I want for her, like, is a guy who can be himself around Adriana. Right. And th- that's the kind of chemistry that I think is long-term. Because, like I said, yeah. the guy's, like, projecting, oh, and mind you, you are incredibly attractive. But if he's just projecting that you're, you know, perfect 10 – then he's not really being himself. And yeah. that worries me. And that's kind of what I hear right. you saying. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think that like when somebody is around you and they're not, yeah, like they're not showing that they do have flaws, um, then then that's, that's a red flag, you know? And I think, I don't think it's level-headed to think that it's always going to be this, you know, um, on the floating on clouds, walking on rainbows, type of deal. When someone's <laughs> just trying to be like as perfect as possible, it's like, okay, what's wrong with this person? Why don't Why don't they just you know show a side of themselves that is flawed? Because I think that's beautiful too. You know, like yeah. I think it's beautiful for someone to to show that they are human and 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 they are flawed and and they have their issues and. And I always appreciate someone when they open up, even off the bat, you know, when, they, when they're just vulnerable to begin with. And I try and, and do that myself. So, yeah, you're right, James. Like, if, it's, if it's someone that, like, off the bat tries to be, like, a perfection, at least to me, that's not, it's not attractive. Because, it, again, it's not sustainable and it's not authentic. So right. I think it's important to show. And then also, you know, if you're not yourself and, and – I had a therapist tell me this one time. She said, if, well, I wasn't going through couples therapy and 
they said, she said to us, if you don't show up being who you are, people will fall in love with who you're not. You mm. know, and right. I think that goes back to what you were saying, Reverend Michael, was that, uh, you know, it's like all of a sudden later on, there isn't that same chemistry. Well, I think we have to take a look at ourselves and who we presented in the beginning and see if that's true to who we are fast forward in a relationship or in marriage and kind of take a look at if we were authentic to who we were. And that's why I always, I always just try and be exactly who I am because if someone is not going to be with me for my flaws or, you know, me being not a form of perfection that they're thinking because I am very far from that. Then, then that's okay, you know, because I want someone that's going to accept me for everything that I am. And that's going to come, if they don't see it in the beginning, it's going to come later anyways, too. So might as well show your cards up front so it's not, you know, this big, huge surprise later on where someone is like, all right, who is this person? Right, but but let, let me let me let let me caution you though. Um, don't get too caught up in searching for the person's flaws because you think, you know, based on your past experience that you know, oh, this is this can't be who this person is, or the, you know, um, they're yeah. too into me. Something's wrong. You know, don't. Don't assume that something is wrong and don't assume that you know that there's more there's more dirt to dig up. You know, cuz mm-hmm. what that is you're not you're not approaching that relationship with an open mind and an open heart. You're approaching mm-hmm. that relationship with resistance and reservation based on past experience. Mm-hmm. And you know, um and, and that that can be fatal too. Because you can meet the person that yeah. is perfect for you and you're so caught up in trying to prove that they're not that you really forget to focus on why they are perfect for you. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You bring up but that's a good point because you know, we do want to put our best foot forward, and that's natural. And don't worry. And that's why I say courtship is a test of time, because don't worry. You'll get to see the other stuff. But at first, yeah. it, it's totally natural to put our best foot forward. But, again, I think, Michael, you'll agree with me, too, is that, you know, my clients, they don't come to me on the good days. They're coming right. to me because they're having a problem. And <laughs> right. they don't go, oh, yeah. my relationship is going great. I just wanted to call you, James, and, and tell you. That never happens, although I'd love it to. <laughs> yes, yes. The reason I bring, I bring that up is because relationships, and coming to your point, Jenna, relationships are not built on the good days. They're built on the bad days. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you build with someone, when, and this is what I think what makes love so amazing, is that on the bad days, if you can get through the bad days and get back to the good days, it just makes the relationship so much stronger. And that's really, like I was saying before, that's when you find out if you have someone you can really be with. Yeah. Right. right. Definitely. And uh, is that is that kind of covered in uh, chemistry to commitment? Three steps the to the love of your my, life? Yeah. 
what I like is my favorite book is uh, A Life of Love because it gives you the negotiation tools that I think are so crucial to people just to have the basics to how to ask for what you want, how to say no to what you don't want. And pretty much most of my work is about that communication because people get into tough spots and they want to know, I want to say this, but how do I do it in a way that's respectful, that's respectful to a man or cherishing to a woman? And I think in a life of love, if you're interested, that would be a great place to start if you're interested in my work. Okay. Yeah. Because because I'm going to start I'm going to start uh, recommending that that my couples, both both married couples and engaged couples, you know, check out um, you know some of your work here, uh, especially a life of love, because I think you know what I think that tools to negotiate are crucial crucial yeah. and paramount in any relationship or marriage if you can't negotiate you're done mm-hmm. you're done because you know I, I tell people maybe you get throughout throughout your lifetime with a person you may get three absolutely nots Whatever those are, you can only use that about three times throughout the lifetime of a relationship. Okay, mm. and I'm talking a long-term relationship. Short-term, right. maybe you get one, but everything yeah. else is gonna have to be a compromise. It's gonna have to be a negotiation. If mm. you know, if you want it to work, there's got to be a little, a little give. There's got to be. Otherwise, it's Absolutely. not going to work. The other person is going to have a resentment, and resentments destroy relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. And I Definitely. love that you um, say that. That you always, you know, you always tell your tell your couples that it's a team. Yes. And I'm very much Absolutely. about that as well. Is create a team, and it's just the same thing. Like when we're talking, if we feel like we're a team that you're willing to give and take with me, then we have a conversation. But if it's one-sided, it, that ends right away. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, James, give us, uh, believe it or not, we're, we're, we've gone over an hour. Um, oh, give us um, your website and how folks can, can get your books and your material, as well as I know that people can actually set up consultations and appointments with you. Absolutely, and thank you for asking that. My website is my name, and hopefully you have it there, but I'll spell it out for you. James, and Alan is L-O-O-E-N, and my last name is spelled H-A-N as in Nancy, R-A-H-A-N as in Nancy, dot com. And there you can get a free gift. I have what I call a chemistry to commitment formula that kind of goes over some of the things we talked about. And then, of course, my books you can get on Amazon. And like I said, I would recommend getting A Life of Love first and reading that, and that's really great. for. And it kind of chronicles how I was able to get married. And the agreements, there's seven agreements that you make uh, that are in, covered in that book. And then, of course, if you want to go further, there's also dating advice for alpha women. Uh, that's basically it. And also, if you go to my website, you can uh, find a place to uh, – get consultations with me as well. I'd love to speak to you if you have any interest. I would love to do that as well. That's yeah. wonderful. And, and, and Go ahead. Go ahead, Adrian. No, I was going to 
say in your email blasts, I always I always peek in on them, and, and they're always on point. They give really good advice, and you know it's always a very different topic, but always engaging. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I've had the great fortune, like I mentioned in my bio, I I write for you, Tango, and I have a great editor there, and they give me great topics to answer. So if you sign up for my email list, it's free newsletter. Uh, go to my website, and I'll send you a weekly thing, really tips that are really strong to help you create the relationships you want. Yeah. That's free. Wonderful. Wonderful. Any uh, any closing comments, questions, et cetera? I just wanted to say, you know, I really enjoyed this conversation, and it was really great to speak to both of you. And also to the listeners, I just want to remind you, if you take anything away from this, really look for people who can love. And for me, the definition of that is who's willing and able to make and keep agreements with you. If you can keep that in mind, you can have tremendous relationships. Definitely. That's great. Great advice. Great advice. Yeah. Any closing comments, Adriana? Well, I would just highly recommend that everybody check uh, James out and definitely sign up for his emails. And it's been such a pleasure, James. You have great advice. I know when I first met you, I was spilling my beans to you, and you also gave me great advice. Um, So (laughs) I highly recommend. And that was free, thankfully. It was like a little 15-minute consultation. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to call you. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but but yeah, definitely check him out. He has amazing advice. Wonderful. And again, that website uh, for the listeners is www.jamesallenhanrahan.com. And if you go to the show page or the Facebook post or Twitter post or Instagram post, um, you can also click on the link. We have the hyperlink to James's website. Uh, in the post, so you can actually just click on there. You can see his work. You can um, there there are uh, links there where you can order his materials as well. Um, so James, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, the hour flew by. I don't know where yeah. it went. It went with Not 2018. Really. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> And I agree with you about that. I can't believe it's this late in March either. (laughs) Yeah. But thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was a wonderful conversation, and I really enjoyed speaking with both of you. Thank you. Thank you. And and for those listeners who who may have connected to us while the show was in progress, um, the the audio uh, of the show uh, is uploaded within the next few minutes, so you can listen to it at any time. Share the link with your friends. Uh, valuable information here. Share the link with your friends. Uh, they can they can listen to the show. Uh, if you have an idea for a show, send us a message through the show page at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon Show. And uh, definitely connect with me on social media. Uh, we thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, again, another another big thanks to uh, to James Allen Hanrahan. For, uh, for coming on the show. And James, you're certainly welcome to return anytime you like. That would be my pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so, Adriana, that's another wrap. Yes, that was exciting. Thank you, Michael. 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, follow the show page for, uh, for information on future shows. I know uh, in the next couple of weeks we have Michael O'Keefe coming on, uh, author and uh, retired police officer. Uh, he's going to talk about his book, which is uh, a work of fiction. But uh, if you really read it carefully, you'll you'll pick up on on uh, the real parts of that. And um, I happen to know Michael O'Keefe, and and we worked we worked in in the same precinct. So uh, so I know I know the stories um, that he talks about. So uh, so it's going to be really interesting. Uh, to bring him on as well. We're going to we're going to close with uh, with a song by Danielle Morgan uh, entitled Shy. And uh, if you haven't had an opportunity to uh to follow Danielle, her her music has really has really taken off. Uh, she was on this show about 2 years ago uh and they were really trying to trying to make it to the United States. Um she has since uh, in the past few months uh, signed on with an agent here in the U.S., and her music has made its way a- a- across the pond, as they say, uh, from the U.K. So uh, definitely connect with her, uh, DanielleMorganMusic.com, and uh, look her up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Real Danny Morgan. Uh, both her and John Merrigan, a fabulous duo with their with their band. Uh, John and Danielle uh, have been together for some time and have children. Uh, they are a great couple. I love them. Uh, they know that they're overdue to come back on the show, so uh, they will be coming back on the show. So uh, we're going to close out with Shy by Danielle Morgan and John Merrigan. Mm-hmm. 